0: This is Due South, broadcasting from the American Tobacco Historic District in downtown Durham. I'm Leonida Inge. For more than half a century, beginning in the late 1800s, Paris Street in downtown Durham was known as one of the country's most thriving Black business districts. In the early 1900s, Booker T. Washington and W.E.B. Du Bois visited Paris Street and marveled at the elegance of St. Joseph's African Methodist Episcopal Church and at the success of the businesses lining the four-block stretch. In the 1950s, Paris Street earned the moniker Black Wall Street, and it's often credited as the birthplace of Durham's Black middle class. But in the 1970s, the thriving financial district began to crumble, with the construction of Highway 147, as well as a series of failed urban renewal projects. For more than 50 years since, Black business owners have been working toward revitalization. Today, I'm joined by one of those business owners, Linda Shropshire. Linda is the founder of Ella West Gallery, an art and community space at 104 West Paris Street. Linda, welcome to Do South. Thank you so much, Leonita. I'm so grateful to be here. Oh, glad to have you here. And, you know, you made the choice to... Center Paris Street's, you know, rich history during your early months and opening of um of LOS Gallery. Your inaugural exhibition was actually titled Return to Parish Street, a dream realized. So tell me more about that dream.
1: Oh absolutely. So, you know, Leonita, when I started thinking about how to um really start this gallery, I knew that I needed to center it in the history, that it would be an important thing to disclose that. Uh, 100 years ago today, this exact same building where my gallery sits used to be the home of the Durham reformer, the Black newspaper. And so 100 years later, we are doing almost the same thing with a different um, mode. We are uplifting marginalized voices and through art as opposed to uh, newspaper. Um, it was important for me to center it and to to give our community something to be excited for. And so we started out with this exhibition, Return to Pear Street. Um, we talked a little bit about what it meant to be on Black Wall Street during the heyday and how we want to return that same feeling. And so far, so good. It's been an amazing journey.
0: And the timing is quite perfect because there's a lot of revitalization going on in downtown Durham. and you know, when I moved to Durham, say, a little over 20 years ago, it was kind of quiet, very quiet on some of those streets. And some of those um, those buildings were not open. They needed to be um, renovated or even rebuilt. But now it's a, it's a whole different feel, a whole different um, space.
1: Right. You know, when I started this process of incubating the idea of an art gallery, I went to some of the leaders in Durham and I said, you know, what do we need? Um, And I was told, you know, if you come to Durham, you can drink and eat as much as you want, but we need culture. And so my goal was to anchor culture in the middle of downtown, in the middle of Black Wall Street and bring fine art. Um, I'm just happy to say that we are Um, Now, not necessarily the first, but the only Black woman-owned fine art
0: gallery in North Carolina. A long time coming, a long time to bring that back, you know, to North Carolina because there's some wonderful artists here and um, some wonderful pieces that we've seen maybe in magazines or we've heard about maybe a few people's homes, but not just in your own town, you know downtown where you can um, just walk in the door and take a glimpse of some beautiful art. Absolutely. So I'm happy to
1: say in this exhibition, we have nationally and internationally known artists um, who have agreed to have be a part of this exhibition. We have Kennedy Carter. Um, Kennedy Carter, I call her um, just a prodigy. Um, her star is not just rising, it's exploding. She's 24. Um, she's done the cover of British Vogue, She's done the cover of Vogue. She's done the cover of Entertainment, Vanity Fair, New York Times, you name it. Um, and we have some of her amazing photographs in the gallery today. I have Clarence Card, Clarence Hayward, and Clarence um, is an amazing portraiture artist who uh, whose work is now a part of the permanent collection for the North Carolina Museum of Art. Um, these artists are represented. Um, nationally, but they both agreed that it was an important part of um, their practice to return to the community that, that they grew up in or that established them. And so they have both um, been a part of this incredible return to Paris Street.
0: You know, when we think of Black Wall Street, I, w- I almost said the old Black Wall Street and Paris Street, and also just the, that that whole area even though 147 does cut through it. But I've seen a lot more art even at the Haytai Heritage Center that's not far away. Um, also, if you go down Main Street, just a little when you go to Golden Belt, you know, this almost like an artist colony there. And then we can now come down <laughs> to Parish Street and we have Ella West. Um, what does it say about a community that really not just celebrates art, but celebrates art of the people who, even a race of people, Black people, almost built Durham. You know, when you think of the tobacco, we're, we're, we're talking now in um, renovated tobacco warehouses. And um, But what does it say about a community that cherishes, cherishes art that way? So I think one of the
1: things that it says about us um, as a community as a, and as a people is that we are resilient. Um, art it has the ability to do so many things for us. It has the ability to invoke us, it has to the ability to inspire us and sometimes it should just make us feel plain uncomfortable. I think I'm excited to be a part of this ecosystem in Durham and like you said, we've got some amazing artists here. I could have artist after artist in my gallery without ever having to go beyond the bounds of RTP for an entire, uh, two years. Um, but we are, you know, we're just really fortunate. Um, my goal is to help expand this ecosystem, this art ecosystem. Um, I tell the story sometimes is that it is not enough for us to have one or two art galleries, but we should be working cooperatively together. Um, I call it not the pie, but the garden, um, that we should be supporting each other and that we should be Just making sure that when people get off the plane in RDU, that they know that there is a tremendous art community in Durham, and they should be making their plans to make way to see it.
0: Well, tell me about your passion for art. And also, I'm not sure, but do you still sit on the board of the North Carolina Museum of Art? I do. Yes. Yes. So I am a trustee for the North Carolina
1: Museum of Art and um, it's a it's a passion for me um, to make sure that art is accessible to all of the North Carolina citizens so the North Carolina Museum of the Arts um, the North Carolina Museum of Art is the first publicly funded museum in the country and um, my goal has always been for it to feel like home to everybody I mean we all own it we all pay for it. It's free to our citizens, and it's probably one of the, the shining jewels. Um, it is one of the places where I've gotten my inspiration for this new venture, um, and it's a place that I uh, continue to support and call home as well.
0: So visitors to LOS Gallery, I know people walk by. I've seen them peeping <laughs> in the window like, what is that? What is that? And then you welcome and welcome them in, and they're usually very, very surprised. Right. So my goal was to do two things. One is to create a fine art
1: gallery that felt like it was a world class experience. so that if you walked in, you could be in New York or you could be in Miami or you could be in Paris. But I also wanted it to feel like home. And so I think we've done a really good job of that. We've had so many people to walk in. There have been people who've walked in and, and been in tears. Um because it feels so good to see the return of Paris Street, to see the return of excellence, um, education. And um, I've I've just, you know, it's been a dream to watch people's reaction because it's what I thought about and what I planned for as I was incubating this idea. And now to see it's just amazing.
0: Well, there's a a new exhibit that um, if folks drop by 104 West Parish Street, they'll see. It's called Persistence on Our Terms. So tell me about the inspiration for um, your second exhibit. We were inspired.
1: Our curatorial direction was inspired by Polly Murray. Um, And we're just, you know, we're excited to be able, because she's our own um, they um, were a trailblazer in North Carolina. So we're going to have two artists that I'm so excited about. One is Maya Freelon. Um, through her material experimentation, she's going to tap into her reach creative history to create works that are both fragile and resilient. We're going to be looking at deconstruction and reconstruction and how these elements um, pull together this beauty that will be on display. I have another artist who's going to be coming to join us from Atlanta, Georgia. Her name is Sachi Rome, and she's a painter and muralist, and she dives into history and memory and present day manifestation of past lives. And she does work that she describes as safe places. So I'm just really excited to be able to share these two uh, people with uh, the world. Um, We are excited to um, just show what um, persistence means and what it means to be doing the work that we do as artists, as
0: people who are art adjacent, on our own terms. Well, when you think of the visitors who come through your doors, you know, how would you like your gallery to function? I mean, not maybe just as a gallery, almost like a classroom in many ways.
1: Right. So one of the things that we're proud to do is um, sort of educational seminars or educational, We're, we're doing artist talks. We've had artists to come in. We do slow tours, which is when we just focus on one piece of art. And in our last one, we had about 40 people in the room and we just, you know, we talked and people were able to engage with that art. Uh, we're going to be talking about collecting, the importance of collecting. One of the things I've been really excited about, Leonita, is that there are so many young people who are making the decision to say,
0: I want to start collecting art. Well, I know there's a there's a little fine line between a museum In a gallery, and mainly because in a gallery, it's a business, and you're selling this artwork. And uh, I guess I've heard, you know, people have been buying this from all over the country. But um, I wonder, you know, is there art for everyone, especially for people who would like to begin collecting?
1: There is art for everyone, and I think that everyone has the opportunity to, to buy art. I will tell you this story. I bought my first piece, um, original piece, in the late 80s, and I paid for it over time. Like, it was um, a lot of money to me. I couldn't really afford it, but I went to an art show, and I fell in love with it, and that was sort of my foray into my own collection. The other thing that's really important is that collecting art can be as simple as collecting a coffee mug. I mean... I have a collection of original coffee mugs because I get them everywhere I go, um, and um, it, but it can be an investment and it can be um, something that you know brings you joy forever.
0: I remember the hearing about the early days of um, Ernie Barnes, <laughs> the great athlete who graduated actually from North Carolina Central University, played professional football, but he was a beautiful artist and. When he was painting, he was just giving his work away. And people, I've spoken with people who said, oh, he just told me to hold it or, you know, for, you know, $100, I don't know, $10. Just look, you look at you you're cringing. But people, he did give it away in the beginning. And um, I guess that's why so many people love him. And people I know can say, guess what? I have a piece of Ernie Barnes. But that would be quite difficult wow. today. Well, I have a... a- unique story
1: um, as it relates to Ernie Barnes. So my seventh grade art teacher was the best childhood friend and college friend of Ernie Barnes. And so I had this opportunity at an early age to learn about him, to understand his importance in the canons of art history. And then in 1995, he was on a book tour and my art teacher, who was also a family friend, called me and said, hey, get over to the Phoenix Bookstore." And meet Ernie and his wife, Bernie. And then after you're done, take them for lunch. And so we went to Foster's Market and I spent like a day with Ernie Barnes. And uh, it, it was probably one of the most important moments in my um, life. And I am sure that it helped to prepare me to have what I call the servant's heart for artists. Wonderful. Do you
0: have Ernie Barnes at home?
1: So (laughs) I have two Ernie Barnes lithographs that were signed. So as far as I'm concerned, they're pretty uh, special to me because his signature, they're actually up in the gallery right now, The Comedian and uh, Head Over Heels, which was um, the album cover for the Crusaders. And um, I love them and I'm excited. Uh, We do now have a piece of his original artwork in the North Carolina Museum of Art and it is now a part of the permanent collection there so um, I'm just really happy to be able to to continue the the legacy of the great Ernie Barnes
0: and of um, Black Wall Street in Durham what are your hopes for Paris Street's revitalization what else have you seen think of you know say five years from now So I've been talking about it
1: in this way, Leonita. I've been saying that we are in the middle of what I'm going to call the Durham Renaissance. Um, There are, just on my street alone, there's a vintage store across the street that's owned by three women. Uh, Down the street, there's a a dance studio that's owned by a Black woman, Empowered Dance. Um, Soon to be opening uh, on Main Street is what's called Missy Lane's, which is going to be probably one of the premier jazz spots in this region. Um, We've got, you know, bakeries. We've got high-rise apartment at One City Center. We've got bridal shops. We've just, you know, beautiful restaurants. Um, I'm thrilled every time I walk in and out of the gallery. But the most important thing I would say is that it still feels like community. It still feels like home.
0: Well, you know, the old Black Wall Street, when I think about it, was primarily a financial district, you know, a bank, an insurance company. But now, today, maybe it needs that balance. Mechanics and Farmers Bank is still there. still there. It's still there. Have but, an account there. But now there's just so much um, culture and artistry that's added to that part of downtown that hopefully it'll be there for a very long time. And you add a lot to that. So thank you very much.
1: Thank you so much.
0: Linda Shropshire is the founder of LOS Gallery, an art and community space at 104 West Parrish Street in downtown Durham. Due South is a production of WUNC and a broadcast service of the University of North Carolina at Chapel Hill. Our producers are Stacia Brown, Cole Del Charco, and Rachel McCarthy. Denarius Thomas is our technical director. Our executive producer is Aaron Kiever. I'm Leonida Inge.